Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Mars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half full editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weintrich. Cheers. Here we are. Here we are, talking drinks, one of my favorite things to do. Second only to, of course, uh, drinking them, but... <laughs> this, when you can't drink them, you talk about them. Yeah. That's, that's a, you can do both, I suppose. Right. And for all you guys know, uh, we are. We are. <laughs> the topic of today's podcast might actually turn your stomach a little bit. Yeah, it kind of puts you, me off drinks you, a little. You might not. You, you might not. Maybe finish your drink now. Yeah. Wait a minute, and then and then get into this because once we start talking, you might not want to finish your drink. <laughs> um, stories these days and conversations and all the dig conventions like Tales of the Cocktail and BCB and. All this stuff is about authenticity, right? And spirits that are, you That's know, right. this is how it's always been made. And, you know, sometimes I laugh because I think, you know, if it was really made the way that sometimes things were made a hundred years ago, yeah. we would all be dead, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, we wouldn't, or you wouldn't want to drink it. Something as simple as American whiskeys. I was going through uh, newspaper ads the other day for, uh, for American whiskey from the 1940s wartime right. and the 1930s, you know, the Depression. And the vast majority of American whiskey that was being sold was blended whiskey. Oh, yeah. And for a while there, by law, if you advertised it, you had to say what was in the bottle in the ads. Right. And so it's like our finest whiskey, uh, 32% straight whiskeys four years and over, right. uh, and then uh, 68% grain neutral spirits. Exactly. Or, you know, 25% whiskey. And then 75% grade neutral spirits. Or age with wood chips. You know, yeah, like, I mean, you know. and it just goes on and on. Brand after brand, these famous brands, particularly during World War II, of course, they had problems. Even before that, you even find uh, some whiskeys, uh, Pennsylvania seems to have been bad for this, where they were selling whiskey that was 25% uh, whiskey and 75% not grain neutral spirits, but cane neutral spirits. Basically rum. Yeah, basically just like refined, you know, right. flavorless, uh, flavorless uh, <laughs> mojito rum, <laughs> you know, with a little bourbon splashed in. That's how I like it. Yeah, I mean, so you just laugh, you know, right. you think of whiskey branding, it's like, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, and those were, that was, if you were lucky. Yeah. And that's, you yeah. know, there's also the long tradition, I mean, even before that. Before that. In the 1800s, where there's a real problem of, you know, whiskey in quotes, where, you know, you have all these recipes in basically every cocktail book, every bartender guide to make whiskey, right? Oh, I mean, I've got... And, and we're not talking about a distillation guy. We're talking about taking essentially some kind of neutral grain spirit, right, and turning it into whiskey. I mean, here, here's one from the uh, 1908 edition of Cocktail Bill Boothby's 
world's drinks and how to mix them. And he gives you a recipe he for... Was, he was pretty famous yeah. bartender in San Francisco. Yeah, he was, he was one of the top bartenders I mean, in San Francisco. You're yourself cocktail Bill Boothby. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean that'd be good. He had been in the, in the uh, state legislature, <laughs> elected as a bartender. <laughs> Go, Alexandria. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was respectable. He, he yeah. worked at the palace, which was the top oh, yeah. hotel in town. But he gives you a recipe for Monongahela whiskey, which is rye, to 40 gallons of proof spirits... Add two ounces of spirits of nitre, whatever the hell that is. Uh, four pounds of dried peaches. Let me okay. just go get some of right. those. Uh, four pounds of uh, New Orleans sugar. One quart rye, burnt and ground like coffee. So that's the grain. One quarter pound allspice. Half a pound of cinnamon and half a pound of cloves. Put in the ingredients and after standing five days, draw it off and strain. So that's, that's neutral spirits with a bunch of shit in there. <laughs> At least that stuff is potable. I mean, some of it. Yeah. Oh, some of it is like, worse. I don't know about spirits of nitre. Though. Right. Well, who knows? But like you know, they're yeah. using you know they're telling people to use creosote and yeah. all types. Of oh, stuff there, that yeah, they it gets worse. Never... It gets worse. And that was fairly standard. I mean, part of it has to do with the fact that you weren't going into a liquor store to buy a bottle because yeah. there were no liquor stores. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if you wanted whiskey. You would go into a grocery store or mm. bar, right? They had barrels there. You could fill up a flask, or maybe you have a yeah. jug, or or, I, or they would glass, they, or they, if they did if they did sell it in bottles, they bottled it themselves, right? And it was yeah. you know quite expensive. And really, I mean, you know, in America, we see eighteen seventy, you know, Old Forester, you know, always claims to be the first bottled mm. American whiskey, and and they're not actually marketing it to consumers right that's the most right. interesting they're marketing it to doctors because mm -hmm. the founders of brown foreman who that's their first product though you know old forester the idea is that they wanted they wanted for doctors right where doctors were prescribing alcohol for a range of maladies which was legitimate i mean it sounds kind of like a joke but they could never be sure if the alcohol did more harm than right because it was right bad. right and so they were like all right this Old Forester is 100% whiskey right from the distillery in a bottle that's sealed so you know it's going to be pure. And that sounds ridiculous today. Like, well, who cares? But back then, that was a revolutionary idea. Yeah. I, mean, cause, I mean, you could get pure spirits if you lived in a big city and right. you went to the best liquor dealer in town and were prepared to pay top, top dollar. There were reputable stores yeah. who would give you the real thing. But <laughs> there were also other stores. Right. And, and I think that was, that was rare. Like, you really yeah, it was rare. Go, yeah. And even the way that whiskey was made back yeah. then, where yeah. you have, I mean, you had big brands, but, I mean, we also are a nation of farm distillers, right? Mm -hmm. So, obviously, George Washington ran a very large rye distillery after he left the White House. And he was not alone. And you had people, including Pappy Van Winkle, who drive around in a buggy, I guess, a carriage, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and buy barrels from smaller distillers. They put it together. They they were yeah, they, they, they blended in they lots. Blended and, or yeah. redistilled it. Yeah. People then go around store to store selling, you know, taste from the barrel. The barrel would then come to the store. Was it what you tasted? Who knows? Was Who knows? it you know, you know, were they tasting people on well it, it like, even got know. like that that kind of thing got heavily industrialized when you had the whiskey trust also, right. which was a ring of uh, industrial scale grain alcohol distillers in the eighteen seventies eighteen eighties 
that made all adulterated whiskey right. and sold it like in, as huge brands, <laughs> you know. And it was like, okay, this isn't this is like if the Coca Cola company was selling fake Coke, right. you know. And it's not just whiskey, you know, or, or spirits. It's it's a lot of food. It's everything. I mean, you, yeah. you know, you have people selling, you know, butter that's not really butter, but mm-hmm. it's made of beef tallow and yep. you know all types of chemicals. You have. Yep. Milk is being adulterated with all types of preservatives, you know, that candy is full of, like, lead and all this other stuff. It's amazing that anybody survived, to be honest. They're adding all this stuff so that, like, the beef can... You know, supposedly be palatable for, you know... know, Like long storage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really bad. I mean, that's what got us the Pure Food and Drug Act. Good example of government doing something for the people. Again, amazing because yeah. you know, all of these, I mean, it sounds like a story from 2019, but yeah. you have all these giant, you know, interests, you know, all these lobbies, yeah. you know, whether it's the beef or the milk or... You yeah, know, none of them water. wanted to be regulated at all. Right. And they were, you know, they saw this as an amazing, yeah. you know, uh, technological leap that they could turn all these like trimmings into margarine. Just to I add can't all believe this. it's not poison. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. And it's, it's so widespread. Yeah. Part of the liquor business, but it's part of everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, we but sort of take that. For it's kind of funny that the guy who uh, spearheaded and provided the science to beat all this stuff back to, to, to fight these really powerful interests to a standstill was Harvey Wiley, who was a huge whiskey fan. Right. And he, he, that was his hobby. When when he traveled abroad, he went to distilleries. You know, it's the, amazing. He's got we've we've got like uh, pamphlets that he wrote uh, when he was the chief chemist for the government, uh, where he's like, and then I went to Scotland and looked at all the stills, <laughs> and here's what they looked like. Right. You know, just like any any uh, modern whiskey geek would do. Right. You know, so he he really like cared about whiskey. He sponsored uh, the first scientific study of how whiskey ages which is still an amazing study with 30 whiskeys uh, studied over eight years. They sampled them, you know, and uh, and did chemical analysis every year. This amazing study. He did all this stuff. He made sure that it applied to whiskey as well, which is why later they had to say how much neutral spirit (laughs) they were sloshing in there. But there were all these whiskey brands that died after 1906, like before that, Duffy's Pure Malt Whiskey oh, was yeah. huge. Sure. That was supposedly the best medicinal whiskey. Right. Malt whiskey is better for you than, than you know, any of these mixed grain whiskeys. It turns out there was no malt in it at all. <laughs> it was just grain alcohol. And you see, you know, like spoons and all types yeah. of ephemera that they gave out. Yeah, Duffy's was 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 real big, and then suddenly, right? No, no, no. You know, in 2019, all these different brands claiming that they figured out how to speed up the aging process, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. we, we can make a 12 year old whiskey in four hours. You know, uh, but it's the same type of things that you see over and over again, yeah. right? Like you see, yeah, you saw it back the then. Century, you yeah. see it. After prohibitions over, you know, absolutely. And, you know, I found the story thing in the New Yorker where somebody is using music to, you know, help age their whiskey, which mm-hmm. is a very modern idea. You mm-hmm. know, several companies do that now. Blacken the Metallica whiskey, yeah, yeah, where they crank it up real loud. Exactly. And, you know, Dave Pickerel supposedly got the idea from West Point when he was there, where he saw the organist couldn't play certain keys because it would like blow out the windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he realized that could be used somehow for... Well, I mean, it's like shipping whiskey where it right. sloshes around in the barrel. You know, you're kind of 
letting yeah. it micro slosh around, but but it, it you know I don't yeah I'm not I, the, the jury is still out I think <laughs> I mean so, incremental gains at best I right. think is what you're seeing yeah. from that and yeah. you know you're not I think the sloshing may be more effective yeah, yeah. that I think has been proven yeah. more effective the jury is still out about the music I I don't know if Wiley would sign off on that no. one um, no uh, you know if it was, well you'd have to specify on the label what music you right. used they do though they, they actually yeah. do they, well they do yeah they show but, but, but you, you know, know now we need an inspector to check exactly wait you were playing the Carpenters so <laughs> nobody was listening <laughs> you were tired of Metallica <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whiskey doesn't like it. You know? Yeah, it doesn't like yeah. that music. Well, Copper yeah. and Kings, I think, in yeah, they, they I've been to their too, and they're a little bit more uh, flexible in terms of the music. Yeah. Depending, I think when I was there, it was a little Wayne's birthday or something. Mm -hmm. so they were blasting Little Wayne. Oh, um, that's funny. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just funny, and it, it seems as as far as we've come, it's a lot of these ideas are being you know recirculated, you know, back again. Where well, you know, they all come down, you know, in a little bit uh, to to. The same thing is is like what's a shortcut, you right. know? And distilling whiskey and making straight spirits is always in a, a little bit yeah. of an expensive business. For and sure. you can every time you do it, you can see where you're leaving money on the table. Right. Capitally intensive. Yeah. You know, yep. right? There's a lot of waste, you know, as part yep. of the like process. you're 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 you know, you're not using all the distillate, you're right, exactly. you're doing this and that. The heads and the tails are thrown away. Yeah, you know, there's right? all, all this stuff like that that uh, the barrel soaks it up. That yeah, and then you only use the barrel greedy, once. Greedy, greedy barrel steals, <laughs> you know, part of the whiskey. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then people say, Well, okay, what if we could stop evaporation? And right. that's, you know, that's one third of what aging does to improve a spirit right. is the evaporation concentrates it right. and makes it rich on your tongue. And it gives right. you this lovely texture. So people are wrapping their barrels like like I've seen this in Mexico. They wrap their barrels in plastic wow. so so that it doesn't evaporate. But then it's not aging. Right. You know, the, without evaporation, <laughs> it's not aging. Right. It's like a uh, that's what that's part of the aging process. Well, that's like right. We've yeah. seen that like yeah. in France, you know, yeah. where cognac at a certain point is transferred to a glass. Yeah, and then it doesn't it doesn't glass, age. You know, yeah. or yeah. I think you know when Sazerac was trying to parcel out their 18 year old rye, you know, mm -hmm. they, were they had it slowly in tanks. releasing yeah. it out. Yeah. They were releasing, you know, they they were keeping it in airtight stainless steel tanks, and obviously it doesn't age. I mean, it's yeah. the same. I mean, it might change a little bit, but only incrementally. But it's essentially it's the, not noticeable. the main difference between yeah. wine and spirits, right? Yeah. Wine yeah, yeah. comes with a cork. Yeah. You want there to be some kind of transfer of yeah. air that allows the wine to keep maturing in the bottle, whereas spirits, you know, you have a 12-year-old whiskey that's been sitting in your liquor cabinet unopened for 50 years. It's not yeah. a 62-year-old bottle. It's yeah. still a 12-year-old. I, I did uh, a few years ago with Alexander Gabriel of... Uh, of uh, Maison Ferrand Cognac, uh, we sat down and tasted uh, bottles that he'd bought at auction of three star, which is basically drinking grade, you know, just basic grade cognac. I would only drink four star myself. Yeah, well, this was, this was you know, right. I, I thought we were slumming. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we tasted ones from 1815 up wow. until about 1950. Yeah. And, you know, they were all young cognacs. Yeah. You know, none of them. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It was like, oh my God, the 1815 right. one is amazingly old. And right. no, it yeah. was a young cognac, yeah. you know, yeah. it was fine. But and it was it a young cognac. It had not aged, you know. No, it not really, no. It not had become. It was good. I mean, yeah. it had been probably aged. Uh, a little more than you get uh, right. some, but not in later bottle, though, like No, yeah, yeah, before they bottled it. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I know when somebody says something about this is how it's always been done, or yeah. this tastes just like it did, you know, uh, 150 years ago, and you know, I'll, you and I will exchange a look because yeah. it's probably. <laughs> 150 years ago, they were coloring it with thick caramel, you right, know, exactly. that, so it was a little bit sweet. They were they were blending it with this well, and that. It's a very optimistic yeah, way of looking back on history to assume that what, you know, the people were, mm. you know, they were, you know, almost naive or that their values were so yeah. much more, you know, genuine. You know, they were trying to screw you with fake I mean, or, or even, you know, they were just trying to make a buck. I mean, there are right. like so many liqueurs you go into their history. And if you read the, their, their marketing materials, you see, you know, this was based on a right. on a formula by this order of monks. Right. I mean, Chartreuse actually sort of was. Right. Some of the others, it turns out in the like 1860s, some French capitalist said, those guys are making a lot of money. What if I come up with Mark my King own order of money? invented a long time yep, ago. Yeah, exactly. Like a long, long and, time And, ago. you know, it's like, or, you know, ours is an ancient Swiss mountain formula, actually developed in a laboratory outside of Paris. Right. And, and just to <laughs> sort of we enter the golden yeah. age of American whiskey, yeah. the CA, the railroad, which helps, right, yeah. create national brands. But yep. we also see the creation of ad agencies. Yeah. Like, for the first time, you have people, marketers, who are being like, what will appeal to Americans like across the country? I mean, what they're marketing story? like Overholt uh, rye, a, a good, you know, standard brand of rye, but as like the, the perfect medicinal whiskey, right, exactly. you know, with pictures of doctors and nurses. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this stuff must be healthy for you yeah. because uh, they use it in hospitals. Well, it's, it is, well, they didn't, you know, they didn't have like all the drugs we have today right. either. So around the turn of the century with all the legislations that passed. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these things that were purely medicinal suddenly become recreational, yeah. right? Or they, yeah, yeah. like even Coca Cola has yeah. to take out the cocaine, right? After, you know, all these people. I, 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 the... That's when I lost all respect for them. That's <laughs> <laughs> when you became a Pepsi man. Yeah. Um, they, they left, left it, it in. in. They left yeah. it in. And then they kind of have to resell themselves, right? Yeah. Like they have to reevaluate yeah. their. They got to reinvent what they right. did, you know? There's suddenly their value proposition. It was yeah. all about like curing your, you know, spleen problem. And now it's about, you know, the flavor. Well, I, I mean, it's kind of funny. You think of something like uh, Hostetter's Bitters, a huge American brand oh, yeah. in the 19th century. And it was basically a bottled whiskey cocktail with some bitters in it to so people could uh, drink cocktails and say they were taking medicine, right? And uh, it's being sold medicinally. Then comes the Pure Food and Drug Act, and it's like, this is just a whiskey cocktail. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't sell this as medicine. And, and, I, that, and it's what the hell do you do with that brand then? And I think it, part of it's tied to the temperance movement too. Like, Yeah, very strongly, yeah. Like that they were big, you know, the the the, the temperance, the, the, the dries were very much proponents of all the scientific research mm -hmm. and trying to like, you know, point out like these. This medicine is just another form of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is just another yeah. way. Whether yeah. or not the people thought that it was helping them, or whether or not the people prescribing it realized, you know, it was 
But it was, in fact, a way to get a right, drink exactly. and not admit was, you were having a drink. Exactly. And, and they were, you know, that all of the the temperance movement, that was a big thing, you know, trying yeah. to get the medicine, in quotes, cleaned up in the pharmacies, really selling medicine and not just cocktails. Yeah, they they were very hard on the, on the patent bitters right, with exactly. reason, because yeah. they were mostly bottled cocktails, you know, right. and, and aimed at getting around them. When you look back at the history, it's way more fascinating also way more complex than, you know, we're often yeah. led to believe in this sort of very, you know, I don't know, uh, pastoral image of the mm-hmm. way that, you know, alcohol was sold in the 1860s. And it was just, yeah, it was, uh, it was a free-for-all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you really knew your stuff, you could probably get a good drink. Yeah. I will say that. But, but it wasn't easy. Yeah. And not, I mean, obviously not all the brands or all the bartenders were using creosote yeah, exactly. lead to make their, yeah. you know. There were, there were, there was stuff, uh, Geneva was imported in the bottle. Right. I think it was the late 1870s, maybe early 1880s. England changed their laws so that you could uh, easily, so it, before that distilleries weren't supposed to bottle and sell their own products. Huh. Uh, it had to come through a rectifier. Right. A, the second uh, person, but England changed their laws. And, and you could see as part of there's this movement for yeah. like, let's let us, you know, cut out these people who are stepping all over <laughs> our products like so many cocaine dealers. Right. You know, it's like cutting it. Yeah, yeah, cutting it and cutting it. I mean, yeah. I've got this English book here, the Loftus London uh, uh, New Mixing Guide. And this is how, you, how the guy tells you to sell foreign brandy. Uh, making up foreign brandy for the counter trade. Start with uh, some cognac, 20 gallons. Add five gallons of British brandy, which was not brandy mm-hmm. at all. It was, it was uh, artificially flavored yeah. uh, grain spirits. Then add water, and uh, you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, Add four and a half gallons of water, and uh, you get 29 and a half gallons of cognac yeah. uh, to be sold. And that was the good one. Yeah. I know a lot of these <laughs> recipes call for things like you know prune juice or prunes. Yeah, or- yeah. Different fruit skins or pits of fruits being ground up. Oh, I mean, the gin like, ones here are terrifying. It's like oil of almonds, oil of cassia, oil of nutmeg, oil of lemons, oil of juniper, oil of caraway, oil of coriander. Those are not like the actual things. Right, just, these are artificially right. made up extracts. Sure, either. extracts in parentheses. So you start with gin and then you add a bunch of that stuff. And then you add uh, water and like... And it'll all come out like great. <laughs> Tastes delicious. It's delicious. Mm. Again, like that seems like a very modern idea. I'm sure yeah. there's some craft gin maker out there who's using like essential oils instead yeah. of actual botanicals, yeah. and it's you know they're claiming it's somehow better because it's you know they yeah. have to steep it or something. Yeah, it's a it's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> there also is something to be said for the other side, though. Is some of these traditional ways were actually pretty good. It's like sure. like in cognac, when they reduce things in proof, they don't add water. They add barrel-aged water that has a little spirit in mm. it that's been aged yeah. uh, so that it doesn't shock the spirit. Right. And that's like a traditional blending yeah. technique. And you're like, what the hell are you putting in my cognac? Right. That's water with alcohol right. in it? You right. know, that's not right. <laughs> Sounds and, good to me. Yeah. It's and like then, a highball, basically. Yeah, basically. And then, you know, if they add any... Uh, sweetening to like uh, as they used to be able to do that would also be in the form of barrel aged sugar syrup mixed with alcohol mm-hmm. you know so everything right. everything was aged yeah and and these are all traditional ways of, of making things that 
sometimes yield a pretty good product. Or, or like the... And we, we talked about this when we talked about rum. Right. I was just about to say yeah. the Dunder and, you know, yeah. that, that all these traditional rum things, yeah. you know, that people just sort of dig because it was traditional, mm -hmm. but obviously, you know, is so, such a big impact on the way that the... the yeah, the I mean, British, Br British Navy rum was never a straight rum. It was a blend of whatever the British Navy could get at a good price. Uh, that went into open-topped vats, sat there for two years, and then was uh, mixed with a little bit of caramel coloring uh, and maybe sweetening. I mean, that's there's some argument about that, uh, how just how how the caramel was, but it was definitely a blended rum, a blend well, of welcome rum. Welcome to our world that yeah. there's a that there's a controversy about the oh, sweetening of the uh, caramel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it wasn't just blended from Caribbean rum either right. because they got rum from Asia too. Right. From uh, from India, from sure, all uh, over. from all kinds of British colonies and uh, from from South Africa where they made rum and when it was a British colony. So I mean, and you know, now now navy rum is like this standard of like right. purity and it was never it was never like that. <laughs> it was never pure. Right. I mean, it's just it's funny how these terms and yeah. you know these sort of histories have become you know, these noble traditions, you know, yeah. where in fact, a lot of who the hell knows what they were doing. Yeah. And B. And you, you can know, track it down. You might not want to repeat it. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm all for uh, people doing historical, you know, mm -hmm. recreations or inspiration, but about. I'd much rather have my rye made from rye than from burnt peaches and oh, oil. Oh, for sure. I'm not, I'm not suggesting <laughs> yeah. that yeah. people go out there and try these recipes no, because shortly no. you will. Um, it's very bad. To yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is amazing. Almost, there's so many of these bartender's guides and yeah. cocktail books that have these recipes. Oh, yeah. I mean, so which means it was widely practiced. It was widely like, practiced. And I think people obviously knew the difference perhaps, or, or the, you know, well, some they, bars that there must have been, like... There were price differences. They must have known that it probably was, like, you know, whiskey in quotes yeah. versus the real stuff. Um, I mean, the unscrupulous bars would sell that stuff for a high price. Right. The scrupulous ones would still sell the, the put-together right. stuff, but they'd sell that for cheap. I'll see stories from around the world today about how many people... You know, this raid in, you know, this country, you know, yeah. netted 3,000 bottles of counterfeit vodka or this raid, yeah. you know, or some of the cognac It's really brands. big in the UK, for instance. Yeah. And some of the cognac brands are terrified of people, you know, refilling bottles. Yeah. And I think it's Martel who pays for, you know, the ribbon to be returned because that's very hard to counterfeit. Yeah. So that, like, you know, I've taken very serious, like, anti-counterfeiting measures because they don't want... Somebody just to fill up their bottle of gun. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the world has non-refillable bottles. Yeah, you know where you were. Uh, it's like it's like a little like widget that's yeah, put into the neck yeah, where yeah. you can't you can't pour it full again. <laughs> which it sort of boggles the mind to even think that that would happen. Yeah. today, but yeah. it happens a lot. And it in happens other a lot in part, a lot of parts of the world. There was a, a case last year or the year before where a chain of bars in New Jersey was. Was hit heavily for refilling oh, yeah. all their bottles with uh, oh, yeah. with the cheapest stuff. So if you were ordering that Grey Goose Martini, right, it was not. you were getting pop off. Right, or, <laughs> you know? Maybe, yeah. maybe if you're lucky. Well, and I think that even the UK they developed some kind of like yeah. tester, yeah. like that. You know, they raid the bar. They, you know, yeah. they, you know, just like the you know the Department of Health will do in New York, but mm -hmm. they'll literally test the bottles to make sure that somehow they know. Yeah. 
that you know what each I don't want one to think is. about how they know so, that either. Right. I mean, <laughs> what yeah. are they putting in there? <laughs> Gas chromatograph, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, there yeah. it, some somebody's developed a tool to basically say yeah. this is this is Bombay. Like this is actually right. you know, whatever right. this is, you know, no, no, no. This is and for a long time in America, in a lot of cities we saw you know, it was illegal, I know in San Francisco, to refill a bottle. Yeah. So you had all of these craft cocktail bartenders who were like inadvertently breaking the law because they weren't refilling like a rum bottle with a different rum. Yeah. They were refilling it with like some kind of homey tincture or like exactly. some kind of or syrup. Infusion. Or, right. It's, it's like, like we've infused our rum with blank. Okay, right. that's illegal because right. you refilled that bottle. With something different. Yeah, like yeah. You can't it's do that. It's not what it says on and, the label. And suddenly they're getting, you know, citations, especially yeah. when California, yeah. I think, was pretty cash-strapped yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. They were really handing out the summonses. Yeah. And the bartenders had to change the law because uh, in order to basically the tricks yeah. the way they wanted because, to. I mean, the public have actually demanded stuff that they couldn't legally do. We now see sort of on the high end, too, where, you know, suddenly in certain towns I go, and every bar has a full line of Pappy Van Winkle, you know, and it's yeah, like... Yeah, you're looking at how, that. Like, how does every yeah. bar in this, you know, in this city yeah. have... I'm not thinking about Louisville, which, okay, right. fair yeah. enough. You know, you're in Texas, like, why is the allocation suddenly, you well, know, Well, also, so you wide? see there's a huge black market in empty Pappy Van Winkle yeah, bottles. Exactly. Why, why are people collecting right. these bottles? <laughs> and why are they so I'm expensive? A, I'm, a, I'm a whiskey bottle collector, right, empty exactly. only. But even back in the day, things like all the spices, which is, again, yeah. something that you see today, where yeah. the nutmeg was, you know, sawdust with, right. you know, blah, blah, which is why, I mean, you always preach, use... Full nutmeg, yeah. rate it yourself. Rate it yourself. And that way you know it's more expensive, but at least you yeah. know. And even today, there's a lot of spice fraud where what you're buying is not yeah. the ground spices. It's sometimes not. Yeah, and honey is often like sugar syrup. And... Right. Now I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> out of I the think, bottle. Yeah, out of open, the bottle. I don't want anybody to touch yeah, it except yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. I'm going to buy at the liquor store. I'm going to open up the cap myself. And I'm going to find a reputable liquor store. A reputable also. liquor store. <laughs> I'm going to want a glass that I'm going to wash beforehand. Yeah. Um, uh, don't touch my bottle, Dave. I don't know what you're going to put into it. Oh, I, I know what I'm going to put into it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a formula right here. <laughs> exactly. Creosote. Uh, yeah. Well, you like scotch. Of, right? right. Totally, totally. Creosote for scotch, for sure. Hopefully we've saved you from drinking some totally um, noxious spirit <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> um, return with fun cocktails, the next episode yeah. of Like Behind Bars. Cheers. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>